today we're taking a look at a few things you should probably stop worrying about doing perfectly because you've got enough to worry about and there's absolutely no need to do these things perfectly and there's definitely a better way to do life okay so we're diving into perfectionism by asking what it is and when disobedience straight up disobedience um, is masquerading as perfectionism. We then move on to Fofo Masalisane. I give you something old, something new, something culture, something true. In something new today, we speak about Miss Essay's book launch. Very exciting stuff there. Um, and we get into the origins of gender identity theory in something culture today. And then I close off the show with unsolicited advice. You probably don't need it, of course, because you've got your life under lock and key, but um, it's free anyway, so you can have it. We're touching on all of this and more today on the show with me, Lele M. Thank you so much for joining me. I'm so excited for today's show. Welcome. Now, I'll admit that I've considered myself a perfectionist in the past. I wore the label as a badge of apology and honor all at once, and I've since been reflecting on that label, as well as its implications. I've found not only that there's nothing inherently good about being a perfectionist, but also that it's much more liberating to be imperfect. So let's take a look at those things that you should probably just stop trying to do perfectly. These are mundane, everyday things that... Um, I suppose this list is designed to free up so much of that anxiety, um, free up some space to make for peace um, in your daily life. First of all, grammar on text messages. We need to chill out about grammar on text. Um, and I'm definitely one to speak. People who um, have had encounters with me over text know that I can get quite pedantic <laughs> about um diction and spelling and punctuation. But first of all, yes, grammar on text messages, grammar on posts on social media, blog posts, whatever else, captions. Um, three, dressing perfectly. Now, dressing perfectly isn't the same as dressing well. So dressing perfectly would include dressing well, but also dressing um, kind of weather appropriately and also setting appropriately if you understand so dressing appropriately for uh, the setting and the weather but also dress looking good um so that would be dressing perfectly not very necessary if you consider it uh, for following arbitrary order so this includes things like getting a reading list and trying to follow read the things the papers the books whatever uh, on the list according to the list um and five planning perfectly um, planning is enough as it is. Planning in itself is already um, a bit of a reach. It's very ambitious um, to plan, but it's good, of course, to try and direct your efforts in a specific area or to a specific endeavor. But trying to plan perfectly um, is a bit of a scam. It's a trap because um, it assumes you can plan perfectly. Um, and we get into that more um, in, in our discussion about why you need to let go of trying to be perfect. And here I've got three reasons for you, right? So one, perfection is an illusion, right? Perfection is usually just the result of the standards of others, basically. Um, so usually perfectionists 
are also people pleasers. They want to do what is perfect, what is right in the eyes of others. Um, so they're not really looking for their own estimation of perfection. They're looking for a kind of per conventional standard um, of perfection. Number two, perfection is overrated. So this is going off of the fact that, first of all, perfection is an illusion, but nobody is perfect, right? And we all seem to appreciate that nobody is perfect, but we still pretend with each other. You know, we still judge people for not being perfect, whether or not we admit it in those moments. Um, so perfectionism is definitely overrated. Perfection is definitely overrated. Nobody really cares. Nobody really appreciates um, perfection as much as we all think we do. It's not, there's nothing novel about being perfect. If anything, it's very inauthentic. It's very unrelatable. Um, and we all seem to appreciate that, uh, which is why I say we still see the need to pretend for some reason um, and just keep up the optics. But number three, perfectionism contends for God's place in your life. Perfectionism is um, comes from a sense of wanting to be self-sufficient. Um, it comes from your ego of wanting to depend on your own strength, of wanting to rely um, on confidence in the flesh, right? So it comes from wanting to fill the gaps um, of your own weakness, uh, ironically, with, you know, it's, I say ironically because um, just the mere, I guess, acknowledgement of your weakness means you, you, you inherently cannot do anything. You cannot perfect yourself, basically. Um, and so we can only really find perfection in Christ. We can only really find perfection in God. Uh, the word does say that his strength is made perfect in our weakness. The more we acknowledge how weak we are, the more we come to terms with how imperfect we are, the more we make room for God in our lives. So I have come to a point where I love that I'm imperfect. I could never be perfect and I don't want to be. I'm kept on my toes by the challenges of my daily endeavors. My ordinary, unremarkable life offers growth and requires constant improvements. So although it's important to strive for excellence and accomplishment, it's unhealthy to be compulsively attached to outcomes. Perfectionism is deceptive. Rather than latching onto the illusion of perfection, the more sober perspective is to accept that your best is not perfect and to pursue it anyway. Now let's get into Fofo Maslalisani. Lego. I keep imagining a whole lot of confused people wondering why I call this part of the show Fofo Maslalisani, but there are those who definitely get it, okay? And so for those who get it, I'm with you. Um, and you're the reason why I won't explain it to everyone else so that we can have the intimacy of that inside joke. Um, but if you know someone who might know, you should probably ask them for content, context. So in Something Old today, um, we're wishing a very happy birthday to Dr. Matthews Poza, Afrikaans poet and lawyer. Uh, Dr. Matthews Poza was born today, or at least on this day in 1952. Um, so quite uh, an... I, what's the politically correct term aged mature man um because he would be turning 68 today um he is a politician and attorney he's had quite an illustrious political career 
Um, I actually didn't know that he contended for um, for presidency against uh, the now incumbent President Cyril Ramaphosa. I had no idea about that. Um, so that was interesting. Uh, he was defeated by him, though, in the 2017 uh, in the 2017 race against Ramaphosa. Uh, apparently, the ANC felt like, um, you know, uh, Cyril Ramaphosa and the promise of a new dawn was more persuasive. But we wish you the very happiest of birthdays. Um, very, very happy birthday to you, Dr. Posa. Um, have a great day. Ukule, ukule, and for something new today, moving swiftly from uh, a happy birthday to Dr. Poza, we're getting into something just as exciting, if not way more uh, than a birthday. And that is Ms. S.A. Shudu Fadzo Musiba is launching a book today um, called titled Shudu Finds Her Magic, okay? The book, which is retailing for 95 rand um, at basically or every, you know, notable bookstore. Let, let me actually get a list for you. Um, so exclusive books, uh, Graffiti Booker, am I pronouncing that correctly? Um, pardon me if I'm not. Uh, Balakudu, um, is just a few. So those are just three of the many places you can purchase the book. Um, the book speaks about Miss Essay's journey, basically uh, um, her being bullied as a child, um, you know, her upbringing. Um, and this book is, well, the sale of this book will be in conjunct conjunction with SADC, the South African Depression and Anxiety Group. For every purchase of the book, um, a, a book will be donated to the South African Depression and Anxiety Group. Um, I think the idea behind this is that the books will go to children who um, will benefit from reading the story um, of uh, Shudufadzo and I guess just uh, finding encouragement, finding um, a sense of, you know, just seenness and heardness um, from the book. So very congratulations. A very congratulations to you, Shudupadzo. Keep rising, love. Thank you so much for um, trying to guide, trying to be better, do better for our children. Goodness knows they need it. And goodness knows I appreciate it. Um, thank you so much for that. That's it for something new today. And something culture, we're talking about um, a term kind of thrown around very loosely um, in culture today in mainstream discourse. And that is the term gender identity theory, or at least gender identity. Um, and we're taking a look at where that term comes from. Um, so the term can be traced back, uh, well, at least was popularized by a psychologist uh, from New Zealand, uh, Dr. John Money, uh, but can be traced back even further than that uh, to uh, Dr. Robert J.C. Stoller, Stoller, Stoller um, who first coined the term gender identity in 1964. Um, Stoller, uh, Stoller's work um, has been very influential in this area of study, 
um, Stoller identified three components of the formation of core gender identity, uh, which he said were biological and hormonal influences, uh, sexual assignment and at birth, and environmental and psychological influences with effects similar to imprinting. Um, so I'm quoting this uh, from his work in Sex and Gender 1968. Um, these are usually, or at least the, the, the sense of maleness and femaleness, accord, according to Stola, are usually consolidated by the second year of life. So definitely a very interesting um, idea of gender um, in terms of what you find today, right? Um, with, with, with people really kind of discovering and self-identifying um, in terms of gender really as late as... You, as late as they want, really. It, it it doesn't it doesn't even. So I think it flies in the face of even just the very um, early um, the 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 very early theory around gender identity, which shows you just how extreme this kind of um, I guess thinking um, can go. The yeah the idea of of I guess um, gender being separate from sex. Uh, gender being separate from really biology or any objective, observable reality, um, and 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 so that is Dr. Uh, Robert Stoller, 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 sorry, Stoller. I'm going with Stoller. Um, but so um, in terms of Dr. John Money, he's not a very liked guy. If you've heard anything about Dr. Uh, money, you definitely know that he's been criticized. His work's been criticized. Um, he's known for, I mean, the the, the atrocity um, that 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 he perpetrated uh, with. I mean, of course, he was helped by a lot of other people, but I mean, he perpetrated an, a grave atrocity against uh, twin boys, twin brothers, um, one of whom was forcibly. Um, transitioned, I guess, um, uh, involuntarily uh, reassigned a sex um, and forced the two brothers uh, to simulate sex acts on each other. Uh, the, 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 the two brothers later on uh, committed suicide. Both of them committed suicide, uh, not at the same time, but they did both commit suicide, um, I think, within weeks, if not months, of each other's uh, deaths, which is very very sad um very sad uh that is something culture for today um not a very not a very high note quite grim there but i guess just to leave it on a relatively neutral note dr john money is also the same person who popularized the term uh, paraphilia paraphilia is it how it's pronounced um yeah, paraphilia, um, and that's basically sexual perversion, right, or sexual de deviance. Um, just, uh, yeah, and the I don't want to say the not vanilla stuff because I think you can find things that are not vanilla and still not sexually perverse. So, but, you know, that's a conversation for another day. Let's move on to something true for today. Um kind of weird because I don't know how to segue from something culture today's something culture was quite hectic I don't know how to segue from that into our something true uh, but at least we've got uh, the solace the encouragement that it is a word 
of God. So um, that is always very helpful. We're reading today in something true from uh, Psalm 91. Uh, we're going into Psalm 91. 11 but all of psalm 91 actually um really blessed me today so uh i just want to share a few points that i found uh reading reading the reading the chapter reading the passage uh today um but i won't read the whole all of it for you i i trust that if you are interested you will check it out it is quite a very it's it's a it's a succinct chapter it's a succinct psalm because they're called Psalms and not chapters, right? Um, so you you could probably do this in like five minutes, um, and I'm sure you will if you're interested, but for the purposes of this um, time together, I'm just going to touch on 11, right? So the, so the famous verse, uh, Psalm 91, 11, for he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. I'm reading from the NIV. So three very, very critical points of encouragement for me um, from today's word. First of all, it's not about me. So God's faithfulness, God's protection, God's love for me is not about me, but about God. So God is faithful, not because of anything I've ever done, anything I could ever do, but because he is God and he is faithful and he is love. Um, so that's such a relief, right? Uh, particularly going on uh, the topic that we explored a few minutes ago about perfectionism. It's such a relief. It's so liberating to know that it's not up to me, you know, to to do anything, to, to do any works, uh, to earn God's faithfulness. But also rest is guaranteed, right? So in verse one of Psalm 91, um, we, we see that uh, he who dwells, he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide will abide right not he might abide provided you know he prays three times you know a day or whatever you know he will okay he will abide he will rest in the shadow of the almighty whoever dwells okay not the 32nd person who dwells you know not the first born who dwells in the shelter of the most high on the 18th day there's really the only requirement the only condition is that you dwell in the shelter of the most high and the shelter of the most high is everywhere it is anywhere so you there's so all you have to do is dwell in the shelter and rest is guaranteed that's good news if i've ever heard it but also the bar is very, very low. Um, you know, God sets the bar very low for us and still helps us to reach it. In verse 14, in verse 14, um, it reads, because he loves me, says the Lord, I will rescue him. I will protect him for he acknowledges my name. All we have to do is love God. All we have to do is acknowledge God's name. This is the God who created us. This is the God who loved us first. This is the God who sent his son to die for us. This is the God whose grace and mercy um, follow, follow us all the days of our lives. This is the God whose strength is made perfect in our weakness. This is the God who loves us unconditionally. And all he asks is that we love him and we acknowledge his name. That's all he asks. And he will rescue us. Yo. I mean, it's, it sounds like a great deal. 
But when you consider the fact that we can't even reach that low bar without God, it makes you fall even more in love um, with the King of Kings. And so I'm, I'm yeah, I, I, I'm really deriving so much um, encouragement from today, something true, and I hope you are too. Uh, so let's get into the closing elements of today's show uh, by first getting into reminders about reaching out to me. Leave your thoughts, leave your comments on any part of today's show um, in the comment section. Um, attach a, 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 a message if you're listening to this on any of the podcast platforms, particularly Anchor. I'm actually not sure how that works yet, but I will find out. But attach a voice message. I'm very keen to hear from you. Write to me um, in a description. The thing is, this is probably in on several platforms right now. So whether it's the description, whether it's a comments thing, uh, just leave your thoughts, please. I cannot wait to engage with them. I love it. It is my favorite part. <laughs> it is my favorite part of the podcast because um, it's the one part that I, I think feels not so lonely um, as speaking into a device and feeling like you're having a one-sided conversation. Uh, reach out to me also on my socials. I am at Lele Mutari underscore on Twitter and Instagram. I am Lele Mutari on YouTube. And I am Lele Mutari, also on WordPress, where you can find my writings, blog posts, other things that I'm just thinking about and exploring, uh, because I do spend most of my time on the blog post. You probably won't find me um, in any of the other platforms too much. I don't frequent those too much, but I promise I will get to your comments, get to your thoughts, at least in a matter of days. Um, I, I, I can't go, I would not dream of going a week uh, without checking what you have to say uh, to me and about what we're discussing. So something that you could probably take with you into the rest of the week, um, unsolicited advice from me that you probably don't need, of course, because you've got it figured out. Um, but what I'm giving you today is learn when to hold and learn when to fold, right? So learn when to let something go, learn when to cut your losses, but also learn when to double down, learn when to hold on, right? And I think that a really good qualifier for this, um, and granted in itself, it's not always very clear, but a good qualifier for when to hold and when to fold is to try to figure out whether God is glorified in your holding or God is glorified in your folding. Which one glorifies God? Which one points back to God? Um, and which one basically um, does his work, does his will? Uh, which one is consistent with what you know of God's character, God's word, and God's will for your life? Um, that quiet voice, that still small voice, uh, what is it saying about whether God um, approves or disapproves? And that's always, as I said, um, a very tricky consideration to make. Uh, you, It probably requires praying, especially with the kinds of decisions that we have to make um, in this world in as adults. Um, it's not always easy. So I understand that. Uh, but advice, there you go, advice for today. Uh, learn when to hold and learn when to fold. Don't be so hard on yourself. Um, remember always to be a little kinder 
to yourself. Be as kind to yourself as you would be to someone else because I find that that's always way kinder than we are willing to be to ourselves. That's all I have for you for today um, on this episode of the podcast with Lele M. These conversations don't end. Of course, you know uh, they continue and it's your turn to share your thoughts now that I've shared mine. So until next time, please breathe, breathe deeply, drink water, and pray. It has been a pleasure spending time with you. Until next time, stay blessed. I have been Lele M. Ah.